Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. How's it going, Jason? Same shit, different day. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Um, we've talked a bit about how this is not really all that different from you. So <laughs> mm-hmm. it's a little different for me. Um, I'm fine. Um, you know, alcohol. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm doing all right. You know, alcohol intake is up, but I've got to say I'm eating healthier. I, I've probably lost 10 pounds. Damn, nice. Because I'm, I'm getting five. my exercise in and I'm eating pretty healthy and it's making up for the uh, extra few glasses of wine or scotch every night. So that's pretty good. Um, I've, I've My hair has regressed. Um, I'm, I'm going through <laughs> the stages of my childhood. I, I definitely had the Robert Smith thing going for a bit. But yesterday, after that extra glass of wine or two, uh, pulled out the clippers and Uh-oh. went to my, my 90s haircut. Uh, the old skater do the shaved sides and back long on top thing. So uh, it's the nineties all over again in here right now. It's an easy up, uh, upkeep hair hairdo. So um, I did that. Uh, you know, it, the wife and I doing fine. We've kind of sorted into a work schedule and everything. All of this would be okay if it wasn't for the kiddo. And that part yeah. just sucks. I mean, this morning he woke <laughs> up and talked about how he was missing school Um all of that stuff. I mean, I'm literally like they've, they've obviously, you know, they've shut down the beach and things like that. The the thing that you may not know if you're not a parent uh, is they've shut down all the playgrounds. So we literally take our kid to a parking lot to play. Okay. Uh, an empty parking lot, you know. Um, so that that's just a real drag. And then trying to explain to him why he shouldn't touch his face when we're outside before we get home and wash wash hands and all that is just I, I got an extra doggy cone you can borrow <laughs> he won't wear any of that you know he's at that <laughs> age where he just you know no mask no nothing that's not going to happen can't even get you know a bandana on him or anything mm. so you you know we have to sit him down and basically say you can't touch your face because you might get germs you might get sick you might have to go to a hospital and if you go to a hospital mommy and daddy can't go with you and mm-hmm. Jesus Christ this is just horrible anyways well, since yeah. you're hanging out in a parking lot with him, do you remember that drone I gave you? Maybe now's a good time to take it I out know, and fly it I around. know. I should actually bust that out and, and give it a go. You know, but the last thing I we'd want to do when we get him out to the parking lot is have him just sit there and watch something. The whole point is, run, motherfucker, run, so you go to bed. <laughs> well, have him chase it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I might yeah, give that a go. go. That's a good idea. Yeah, put like a little Scooby snack on the bottom of it, hang it off, and say, go get your treat, boy. <laughs> just run him around for a while. Right. In the news. In uh, Dogs and Cats Living Together in Perfect Harmony, We Are in the End Times, Apple and Google are going to work together. Yes, they are. They are joining forces to smash any remaining privacy we have. (laughs) (laughs) They are building uh, what for now will be an opt-in contact tracing tool, but I'm sure it won't be opt-in too much longer, uh, using Bluetooth technology that will uh, help officials track the spread of COVID-19. So... It uh, brings hope of a quicker end to the pandemic, but also a host of privacy and security concerns, as one could imagine. Um, This is actually a smarter plan than many other people have tried to roll out so far, because it does a 
attempt to at least maintain uh, anonymous uh, information as long as possible, basically, until you get infected, at which point you will no longer have any privacy whatsoever because they will hurt (laughs) absolutely everyone that you've been in touch with for weeks. So This is kind of like that system in Batman, like the (laughs) the Dark Knight. So we just need a big button at the end where they can can just blow it all to hell. Um, Much like the uh, last episode of Westworld. I don't know if you watched that last night. Not yet. Nope, not yet. So we will, no spoilers. Uh, no spoiler that one. So, yeah. So there you go. Um, they're rolling it out. It's going to roll out pretty quickly. Uh, they're figuring two weeks or so. Uh, it's going to be that is quick. <laughs> yeah, that is real quick. Which makes me wonder if they'd been working on this for quite some time. I think it's just cobbling together all the Bluetooth stuff they've already got for advertising. You know, exactly. the beacons and all that stuff. This is like this is baked into the this is, this is baked into the whole operating system, man. This is you yeah, know, they're, they're bread they're and just, butter. They're just repurposing their ad tracking system for people tracking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there really a difference? No, no there's, there's there not isn't really a difference. So yeah, as, we, as a, we yeah apply <laughs> use case to this. Yep, that's pretty much it. I mean, we already saw that third party company can see everything and anything whenever they want. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's cats out of the bag, horses out of the barn, privacy out the window. So let's put on our no longer all that crazy tinfoil hats and and roll out the idea that this will no longer be opt in. It will then become uh, required. Mm-hmm. So how does one get around that? Well, in, in a place <laughs> where it's already required, South Korea, uh, people would just leave their phones at home and mm-hmm. go out. So what is the next step then? Tag them. Like <sighs> tag them. Tag them like a cow. That is exactly <laughs> what's happening. South Korea will be putting wristbands on people defying quarantine after people trick the government tracking apps by leaving their phones at home. 57,000 people who entered South Korea after April 1st are confined to their homes for 14 days, but over 160 have already been caught breaking curfew through the simple expedient of not bringing their phone with them. So yeah, now we're going to get physical wristbands for people that broke broke the law. Yeah, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. you know, same as a house arrest. Yep. I just like that you know the fine can be up to a year in jail and eighty two hundred dollars, which is you know that's not insignificant when everybody's no. unemployed. Yes, yes. Good luck getting that eighty two thousand dollars, but that's not the point. I think the point is we will put you in jail, so we know you will not infect anybody else, unless you get infected in jail, and then it's not our problem. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, we work, we work. We love to hate we work and now we have more reasons to hate we work. <laughs> WeWork has refused to let a startup move to a smaller office and pay less rent after laying off most of its staff, forcing it towards bankruptcy, says Charlie O'Donnell. He's a he's a venture capitalist mm-hmm. up in New York. And turns out this company had like 20 employees. Everything was going gangbusters. They just moved into another bigger space at WeWork. Mm-hmm. And and uh, then everything hit. And they had to lay off 14 of the 20 people and, you know, just to conserve enough cash to get through it. Well, WeWork, uh, you'd think that they would work with them to give them a smaller space so the company could stay It's in, business. in their name. It's called yeah. WeWork. We will work yes. with you. Yes. Nope. 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 Turns out they won't. <laughs> yeah. We won't. We won't. Uh, so they're they're forcing them to keep the larger space, which basically means they're not going to have enough money to make it through this to get on mm-hmm. the other side to get their people back and get the business back on track. Right. And the interesting thing about this is Charlie is saying that this company is acting like somebody who's not going to be around in a year because they're just trying to get as much money as they can, not well think about long term customers. Yes. Uh, look look at some of these companies. Their business models are are in 
<laughs> not workable in this new future that we're all starting to envision already. I, I can't imagine Airbnb is going to be anywhere near the company it once was when we come back to travel. I, I can't, nobody's going to want to stay in other people's homes. You're going to have to, hotels are going to roll out. We're, we completely disinfect rooms in between each stay, and that's going to be a massive selling point. Now try to get, um, you know, Bob that lives down the street that puts up his, his uh, one shack Spanish style place to do that. He's not going to. <laughs> yeah. So trust is going to go back to these bigger organizations. We work. I mean, come on. We, every company in the world is trying to pivot to a work from home situation right now. Exactly. Um, we work rents, from home. <laughs> rents, business rents, all that sort of stuff are going to tank. They are going to be so low because people are not going to be moving into these spaces and, and because of the economy in general. So yeah, WeWork's business model is is looking a little creaky on the other side of this. Well, here's the irony. WeWork is refusing to pay some of their landlords well, of course. In, in negotiating lower rents. So, you know, do as I do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. I mean, I, I've talked to a couple uh, entrepreneurs and business owners that have office spaces right now. They are, they are mostly transitioned to work from home for the time being. And they're looking at it. Well, first off, what they're doing is they're going to their landlords and basically saying, nobody's coming in right now. So I will give you this percentage of rent. And if you don't want to take that, I am just going, I'm out of here. I'm gone. I'm just yeah. moving out. That's it. And you'll never see us again. Um, and, you know, at the same time, they're kind of planning to do that anyways, or at least, you know, looking for smaller spaces when we get on the other side. So yeah, landlords are, are in a tough spot right now. Well, everybody's in a tough spot. Everybody's really? in a tough spot. Yeah, <laughs> you know? that's true. You know who's not though? Who's not, Brian? Amazon. All right. <laughs> Yeah, I read through this very long article over on Vox. Um, you know, we've been talking about this for a while, and this is just speeding it up. Amazon was already powerful. The coronavirus pandemic cleared the way to dominance. And uh, it gets into, obviously, how they're an essential service right now, and they are being extremely helpful. Um, it's very useful. They're shipping the things that we need to us. Um, they're making vague attempts at doing good things, but more missteps than anything else but i don't know about you man i can't find anything to buy from amazon because everything's sold out <laughs> well there's like there's nothing that, there right? that's because everybody's using amazon right now and you know everybody listening go go to your secondary level stores and find stuff there my uh, roommate just went to ralph's this morning and actually found a bottle of lysol Believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, things are starting to trickle back into the regular supply chains. Um, Amazon is still having a hard time, but it's a problem of success. The reason Amazon is having that hard time is everybody is purchasing everything from them. So their power is definitely growing. Uh, Walmart and Amazon, which originally are... Uh, which already dominated a significant percentage of brick-and-mortar retail and online commerce in the U.S. Uh, for this, this has been a huge boost to their already substantial business and power. Google searches for Amazon are at near-holiday season levels. In-store sales at Walmart have rocketed, and both companies are hiring 250,000 new workers each. So they're killing the mom-and-pops and the mid-level businesses right now, which we kind of knew what was going to happen. And they're definitely moving into the shopping and grocery pickup pick and delivery. And people may not go back to their old habits once this pandemic ends for the same reason that we're talking about, you know, things are going to be different on the other side of this. Um, yep. And the real worry about Amazon is not uh, Amazon's a much more of a threat than Walmart is because Walmart is just becoming a huge mega super store, right? Amazon is positioning itself to be the market itself by providing the entire underlying infrastructure. Basically, if you're not Walmart and you want to be in business, you're going to be paying Amazon for their shipping platform, their sis shipping systems, their cloud computing, et cetera, et cetera. So they're basically trying to turn themselves from the open public marketplace into a privately controlled one which would not be good. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are other places out there that have, you know, much smaller infrastructures, yeah. obviously. So uh, those places are probably get a nice boon or they'll just get put out of business by Amazon or bought, yep. you know, because monopolies. <laughs> I just think it's funny that Amazon is still going gangbusters with Amazon Prime Day. They think that that's still going to be a thing. Nobody's got a job, dude. I know. <laughs> I, know. I mean, like, you know, our revenues are cut way down and, you know, we didn't make anything on the show to begin with. So yeah, it's like, yeah, we've, we've, we've taken a hit, understandably so. And we've told people not to pay us if they can't. Um, yeah. So yeah. I don't know. You know, maybe, maybe they're sitting on a secret stash of toilet paper and Amazon Prime Day is going to be get a roll free with everything you buy. And maybe people <laughs> will buy something just to get a roll of toilet paper. Who knows? Could be, could be. And just because this is a bit of follow-up, because we've been following the story on and off for the last, oh, I don't know, two years or so, <laughs> the, Ikea, <laughs> the Ikea smart blinds are finally available to buy online, obviously, because you can't buy them in a store, so you can only get it online at this point. Ikea shattered its doors. So yeah, the feature uh, blinds are finally available. Uh, shoppers on Reddit and 9to5Mac have noticed that Ikea started selling the blinds in the US uh, several months I'd say several years after they were initially limited to in-person <laughs> customers. So they've started at 129 bucks for one size, 179 for the larger size. You also need the $35 trid-free gateway <laughs> if you want to take advantage of Alexa, Google Assistant, or HomeKit. So you bork, can bork. finally get your cheap electronic blinds. Okay. Uh, not so cheap anymore. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> that's the thing. It's like, okay, that would have been nice about uh, you know a couple months ago. I'd have probably picked one up to try it out. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah. 129 no. bucks is a lot of baked beans right now. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> no doubt. Media candy. So I finished The Witcher a couple nights back. Thoroughly enjoyed it. I, again, Game of Thrones light, but fun. Okay, now it'll probably be canceled. Probably. I can't <laughs> have, <laughs> They say it's renewed, but we'll see when we ever get back to any of this. But uh, yeah, it was good. I mean, the I found parts of it were quite surprising. There were twists and turns that I didn't expect. Uh, the sad part being the finale episode was entirely predictable, but still very good. I, I liked it quite a lot. Um, the other thing I watched, uh, Parasite. And the what did you Oscar award-winning movie, which is on, uh, shockingly, the only place to stream it, Hulu. Yeah. So yeah. it gave me a reason to launch Hulu. It's funny because my, my wife was the one that wanted to watch the movie. So I was like, okay, well, let's throw up Hulu. My wife has never looked at Hulu. My wife is not a <laughs> designer in any way, shape, or form. She's a lawyer. So she enti the entirety of her work life is in Microsoft Word and Microsoft Outlook. So yeah. she knows a bad UI. Uh, so <laughs> she knows of which she speaks. Yes. <laughs> so when I launched up Hulu, she was like, "Oh my god, what is wrong with that interface?" <laughs> so very funny there. Um, Parasite as a movie, holy shit, that is batshit nuts crazy. I did not expect it to be that insane. Uh, I, I am. I was flabbergasted that this won the Oscar for Best Picture because it is so off the wall out there. I loved it though. I thought it was a great movie. I thought it was okay. I thought it was okay. I mean, I'd, I've watched a lot of South Korean film, and it's kind of par for the course. But oh, okay. well, it was I, good. I, I, I'm not uh, steeped in South Korean film, so. <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, it was good, but it wasn't. It did not live up to all the hype that I'd been expecting, you know? Hmm. So I'd been hearing about it long before it got on the Oscar radar, and, you know, it was, it was, it was okay. It was an okay movie. I didn't think it should have won Best Picture, but I think everything at the Oscars now is just politics, so it doesn't right. even matter. Right. It doesn't matter at all. 
And I did watch something else with the wife. Um, we were very much big fans of Modern F- Family when it first came out. I'd say even the first uh, five seasons or so. And, uh, you know, any sitcom after five seasons generally becomes a formulaic wreck, as Modern Family did. So we stopped watching. And I think uh, this is this was his 11th season, I believe, and final season. And just for old time's sake, we knew the finale was airing uh, hour long, and we put it on. <sighs> That was god-awful. Really? Just <laughs> absolutely. It's the exact reason we stopped watching the show. The jokes were flat and stupid and don't, didn't even make sense. The acting was piss poor. Nobody seemed to really give a shit except for Eric Stormstreet. He's awesome. He's always awesome. Um, the char- There had been absolutely zero character development since we stopped watching six years ago. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I, I, You know, usually when a show ends, especially a show that's been running for so long, the, the, you know, the original writers and the original creators come back to, to see the show out and give it a good end. Yeah. That did not happen here. <laughs> My God. What a piece of shit. Oh, well. That's, it happens sometimes. It does. It's, it's sad. It's just because that show was so good when it first came out. But eh, Never seen it. Never seen an episode. Hmm. Now I won't. <laughs> now I know I don't have to. Uh, but speaking of god-awful, man, did you watch the uh, SNL where they all did it from home? I saw the Tom Hanks monologue, and I was just like, I can't sit through this. Like, yeah. Some of these shows are at work. John Oliver is working. Bill Maher, not so much. Uh, his one-on-one interviews are fine. But seeing everybody to try to to make this pivot to at-home, you know, draw draw the curtain back and see behind this behind the thing is it's hit or miss right so i can't imagine that snl would be any good no it wasn't it was it was really kind of terrible and the biggest issue i had was um the audio was so awful that it was unlistenable. <laughs> another pitch for you to be hired jason <laughs> i'm telling you well i, I got to put together something for I'll, I'll talk about it later but uh like um kate mckinnon's bit she did this ruth uh uh, Bader, Bader Ginsburg, Ginsburg yeah. uh, like workout routine thing, and you couldn't understand her. It was so bad. I'm like, you know, you still can from Amazon buy some lavaliers. It'll cost you 200 bucks and make you sound like you're still in the studio at least. <laughs> it's like I, even watching CNN. I'm like, you guys know how to broadcast from the field. You send you know people around the world. Get them a damn microphone. You just could not, could not. I couldn't stomach it. And right. the, the jokes were flat. You know. It yeah. just didn't work. Yeah. 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 It's like, you know, for not much money, you can make a really nice looking video set up at home that sounds great. And I don't know why these engineers from these studios are not, or these channels are just not even trying. Like, <laughs> you know, maybe they just think that it's kitsch to, you know, have people look like they're at home. You can still do that with a nice camera for, you could, for under a thousand dollars, you can make these people broadcast quality. So I don't know what the hell's going on. Right. Right. So, yeah, it was bad. I will not be watching that then. Uh, So, Siffy has been uh, re-airing Battlestar Galactica in in an effort to give people something to do, which is kind of cool. And the uh, Battlestar Galacticast has been going along with it, where they've been kind of redoing uh, recaps alongside of that. But there is something kind of cool that's about to happen. Uh, They're going to release a bonus episode featuring a cast reunion with a live read of the acclaimed and beloved episode 33 which is kind of cool. I love that episode. Uh, Edward James Olmos, James Callis, Jamie Bamber, Katie Sackhoff, Michael Trucco, Rika Sharma, and more will join the podcast. No word if Ronald D. Moore will be there. And if he is, I'm not listening. (laughs) Well, he doesn't have any lines, so it's okay. (laughs) Right. No, that's cool. That's very cool. That's pretty cool. 
And uh, over on Twitch, my friend Gigi Edgley, who played Chiana in Farscape, has been doing watch parties every night. So she'll start up the episode. You have to, you know, have Amazon Prime Video to watch it because it's it's all free. The whole series is for free over there. Well, with your Amazon Prime subscription. <laughs> uh, so basically at uh, 5 o'clock Pacific Standard Time, they press play, play and she does. <laughs> yeah, everybody hits play and then she, she plays along and gives you behind the scenes stuff and talks about the episode. Very so, cool. If you're a Farscape fan, which everybody should be, go check that out. Excellent. And uh, Netflix has a new show about to launch fairly soon called Space Force, starring Steve Carell and Lisa Kudrow. And the official synopsis is a decorated pilot with dreams of running the Air Force, four-star general Mark R. Nyard, which is Steve Carell's character, is thrown for a loop when he finds himself tapped to lead the newly formed sixth branch of the U.S. Armed Forces, Space Force. So I'm not surprised that this is happening because it is uh, it is a concept and a title rife for being made fun of. So hopefully it'll be good. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I, I'm not a big Lisa Kudrow fan. I'm not either, actually. But uh, who know. You never know. Steve, yeah, Steve Carell's hit or miss for me. I mean, he's he's more good than not. But uh, Lisa Kudrow, I don't think I've ever seen anything I liked her in. So <laughs> probably a miss. And uh, speaking of Steve Carell, who played the... Uh, despicable me main character uh the kid finally wanted to watch was desperate to watch minions and we decided to have a movie night last night and i had not seen minions before god damn that's funny i mean it really? is funny for parents like okay. i was dying uh the way so many of the jokes way over my kid's head but aim squarely at parents it's well worth it it's well done that whole series is phenomenal i loved all the despicable me movies as well i saw those kid hasn't seen those yet but they're up on deck we started with minions Really good. I, I highly recommend it if you need a laugh, as we all do right now. <laughs> I could use one now. Yeah, Watch watch it, Jason. You'll really enjoy it. It's very I'll, funny. I'll check it out. Yeah, I love the Despicable Me movies. They're fantastic. Oh, you'll love that. This is basically the prequel. This is how the minions found him. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that'll. I could really use a laugh right now. That's why I kept trying to watch The Tiger King, and Ugh. I... I can't make it through episode three and I've tried four times now to get through. Like I start halfway through and within 10 minutes I've fallen asleep. So <laughs> it is a great sleep aid for me. I found, but I just can't watch it. I know everybody loves it, but just not for me. Oh yeah. Put this on tonight, Jason. You, you will, uh, you will thank me later. Will do. Everyone needs a world-class VPN. Grumpy Old Geeks recommends private internet access to protect your online privacy and identity. Private internet access never keeps any records of their users' online activities, so you can be assured that you have complete privacy and nobody knows what you're doing online. No matter your technical skills, private internet access is one of the easiest VPN apps out there. All it takes to connect is just one click or tap and your data will be encrypted instantly. With just one private internet access VPN subscription, you can connect up to 10 devices at the same time. Go to GOG.show slash VPN and sign up today. For a limited time only, you can get our favorite VPN for just $2.69 a month when you sign up for two years. GOG.show slash VPN. That's GOG.show slash VPN. Warmer, sunnier days are calling and it's time to fuel up with factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer, thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor Fresh's never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Make today the day that you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? 
Step into a world of endless culinary delight with over 35 enticing meal options and over 60 tantalizing add-ons refreshed weekly. This may supercharge your wellness journey with dietitian approved dishes built on ingredients you can count on. Treat your taste buds every day from sunrise to sunset with effortless nutritious choices, spanning from energizing breakfasts to delectable desserts. Indulge in the luxury of restaurant-caliber meals right at home. Savor the sophistication of filet mignon, the freshness of shrimp, and the bold flavors of blackened salmon. Simplify your life with Factor Meals, ready in just two minutes. Say goodbye to grocery runs, tedious prep, and cleanup. I love these things. I can't even tell you what I had this week because I had so many of them. But that's the great thing about Factor. Every week you have new options, and they're delicious. And you can tailor your eating experience with six specialized menu options. Whether you're looking to cut calories, boost protein, go meat-free, or maintain a well-rounded diet, they make it easy to support your lifestyle goals. Tune in to taste, convenience, and wellness with every bite. Head to factormeals.com slash grumpy50 and use code grumpy50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code grumpy50 at factormeals.com slash grumpy50 to get 50% off your first box Plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Moron of the week. Well, we have two morons of the week this mm-hmm. week. I saw this one and it just, it just was too much. Uh, Kendall Jenner and Justin Bieber. They are, they are so, <laughs> so happy that they have all of their privilege and uh, went on Instagram and made a little video. And I, I, I watched it. Uh, the clip that they had, and uh, wow! All I got to say is wow. Look, uh, this is this is a really good time uh, for celebrities to shut the fuck up and um, not say much. <laughs> there, there are some people that are doing it okay. I don't know if you've seen some of the videos that Arnold Schwarzenegger has done. They're they're uh-huh. actually very funny. Like, oh yeah, I follow it, him on TikTok. Yeah, you know, he's sitting in his hot tub and you know begging us to all stay at home. And then there's pan around his gigantic mansion. It's very easy for me to stay at home. That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, tongue in cheek and, and aware of it and, and funny and you know all that. And the these two, no, no not so much. <laughs> no, it's worth you you need to go check out the link in the show notes because it comes down to the tweets that come after it, right. you know. It is it is it's is just one of those things where let's 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 pick one at random here. <laughs> uh Justin Bieber's career started because Usher came across him singing on YouTube. Kendall Jenner's dad is an Olympian. Haley Bieber's dad is a Hollywood star. Get the fuck out of here with being blessed and working hard. <laughs> and uh oh yeah. Yeah. Uh thank God they're acknowledging us. The, the poor <laughs> they're acknowledging the poor so grateful suddenly my debts are wiped clear and i'm no longer unemployed and the hits just keep on coming it's uh <laughs> tone deaf tone, tone deaf, deaf at its highest feedback loop over on patreon we've got two new subscribers nancy and nico and nico says people are going crazy in south africa which is a boozy country without alcohol and cigarettes both are deemed as non-essential items and are thus forbidden to be sold that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard can you imagine trying to like kick smokes forced on you while you have nowhere to go and you're just sitting in your house (laughs) yeah Ugh. No nicotine, no booze, nowhere to go. That is, I mean, South Africa's always been a powder keg, but man, <laughs> talk about some some murderous folk going to be running around there pretty soon. Yeah, not wise. Not wise at all. And over at PayPal, we've got Andrew, Ralph, Adam, Michael, 
Jonathan, Mark, Linda, and Andrew. And uh, also Eric. Eric says, hey, guys, love the show and never donated before and want to keep the snark coming. Check out the Bourbon Hunters podcast that my coworker is just starting. We'll put a link for that in the show notes. Thank you. And uh, David, who writes in, love the show. You guys buy yourself a couple of cases of good beer. Done and done. Done and done. <laughs> Devin writes in, hey, grumps, after the apocalypse ends and people slowly start wandering out into the sunlight again, I plan on getting back to hiking. I remember a few episodes back, Jason geeking out about cameras and wanted to ask if he could recommend a good lightweight beginner camera that I can fit in a pack and carry around for about 12 hours at a time. Thanks. Well, Devin, uh, when you're done with listening to the show, go to GOG.show slash Adorama. That's A-D-O-R-A-M-A. And I will put a link in there for the uh, the Lumix G7. I got a couple of those to do studio stuff here for, uh, you know, 4K video and things like that. And it turns out it's a fantastic little micro four thirds camera. So much better than anything those. being used on SNL. Oh, it's so much better. <laughs> so much. I think they I think they set everybody up on SNL with Connectix quick cams. <laughs> and uh, Sharif writes in, damn it to heck, Patreon. I've been trying to reactivate my Patreon link so I could donate to you guys regularly. And the stupid app keeps telling me I already have an account and won't let me log in. Anywho, here's some money to help you guys keep going during these dark times. It's a drop in the bucket, but hopefully that bucket overflows eventually. Love you guys. Hey, Sheriff, don't feel bad. We are we are Patreon uh, uh, creators, and they can't seem to get an email to our email addresses. So, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the, not the best thing going on over there. No. And Linda writes in, as well as donation, thank you, Jason and Brian. I used to, just a mere four weeks ago, listen to you while driving between music lessons. Now I'm listening after teaching online for nine to ten hours, usually accompanied by a glass of wine and a knife for chopping veggies. Uh, just use it on the veggies, nobody else. <laughs> Please. You guys are my distraction from reading news and my wind down from a day of trying to keep my 2013 MacBook Pro working. Four ice packs a day seems to do the trick. <laughs> and figuring out how to communicate a skill like piano playing and singing by way of the internet, often with five to six-year-olds. Definitely put the knife away. Anyway, I appreciate more wine, <laughs> less knife. Anyway, I appreciate your perspectives and please keep the roommate references. Cheers to Jason's roommate. Well, thank you, Linda. We're going to have to start cutting her a check pretty soon. Shh. Don't say that. <laughs> and BG writes in, hi, guys. I really love the show. Been a longtime listener. I had a question for Jason. My wife is going to be teaching a college class over Zoom, and I wanted to get her a microphone that she can use besides the built-in mic on the Mac. I was thinking a lavalier so she could move around a little bit. Do you have any recommendations? Thank you so much. Again, go to <laughs> GOG.show slash Adorama. There is a link in there for the uh, Rode Wireless Go Labs, and I've been using those for my live streams, and you can walk around. You just put it... Uh, it's got, you know, it's wireless, so you ha just have a pack and a lav and um, just walk around the room. They sound great and uh, highly recommended. There you go. Over at Twitter, Travis writes in, AI isn't superhuman. Blasphemy. Elon Musk seemingly used the superhuman false narrative in advancing Tesla's self-driving car ambitions. Yep, this is over at Forbes, and I made an honest effort to attempt to read this article. I, I, I don't know why it exists or what the point even is. Uh, yeah, Musk is a PR machine, but he's also one of the people that's super wary of AI and has been sounding alarms about it, so he made a stupid tweet. Musk made some Elon Musk made a tweets. stupid tweet? <laughs> Does every stupid tweet need 10,000 words posted on a blog? I, I don't think so. So we're in the middle just, of a pandemic. They, they got to they keep their word count up. There's nothing else to do. I, I guess so. It's got to keep the clicks coming in. Martim writes in my ad free RSS link was stuck at episode 427 was starting to miss you guys. Might it be because my Patreon contribution was a few days late? Um, probably. I guess if you lose access to Patreon, you lose access to that feed. So, so get her fixed there, buddy. <laughs> 
Technology Culture writes in, without commute, my podcast intake has easily dropped 80%. However, I still listen to GOG because it helps to maintain what counts for sanity these days. Your, including Bittner, honesty is priceless and much appreciated. Let's cope together. Well, we are. Trying to. Moss 6502 writes in, we have two cars, so we alternate a short trip every five days or so. We usually go near the beach to yell at the asshole boomer gringos who are coming thanks to cheap plane tickets and ignoring (laughs) all safety guidelines. I I can't believe people are still flying. It's amazing to me. I didn't know they were allowed. I guess since Puerto Rico is part of the United States, they can can go there. Yes, and remember, Delta has their policy to not sell middle seats. (laughs) Middle seats. We can maintain social distancing. (laughs) oh my god in a flying tube yeah oh my god nathan sage writes in with a link to youtube it's a 3d printing 300 face shields per day all righty and lockdown joe writes in sorry can't star your podcast it's the one podcast that i skip my backlog of 40 plus unplayed to jump to and play first okay don't know why you can't star us but you can star every episode i don't know why (laughs) i don't know what's going on with that let's get marco on that we need that yes Grumpy Grunt writes, we need a one-hour security segment with Bittner and the three of you getting drunk, including Brian, having fun, reminiscing about them, good old times, etc. Well, Stay tuned for Friday because uh, <laughs> the desire to do any security news seems to have left the building. <laughs> it really has. It really has. I mean, there's some out there, but not much. Yep. <laughs> not much. And Ken writes in, you guys are really pumping out great episodes lately. Thanks for your hard work. You're welcome. You're welcome. And Matthew writes in, how COVID-19 has impacted media consumption. And this one's for Brian to ride his hobby horse around to enjoy. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, some interesting infographics on what uh, people of different age groups are consuming and what they aren't. So pretty cool. Pretty interesting. And over at GOG.show, Doror writes in, great show. Thanks for keeping it regularly on those days. Well, we're trying. Regarding the portable car jump starter. Yep, it's great. The only thing that is keeping it in the car kills it if you live in a hot place. Car temperatures in the summer are well over 150 degrees Fahrenheit here. (laughs) You're going to cook yourself. And he lives in uh, Tel Aviv. Wow. Not the best for batteries used in those devices. And many get swells. Uh, so on the other hand, if you wanted, you do need it in the car when you need it. So you can see the problem here. Keep <laughs> keep on the show. Thanks, man. Uh, yeah, we're in Southern California and it doesn't get chilly here in the summer by any stretch. No. So keep an eye on that. Yep. And Wilson writes in, hello, Grumps, longtime listener to your amazing show. Love the work you guys do. You guys have mentioned a few ways to help local restaurants out in the past. For example, buying gift cards for later use, tipping hard, calling your local restaurant order and pickup instead of using delivery platforms, etc. Was wondering if you've heard of Dine11.org. They've teamed up with some of the best chefs and beloved restaurants to feed the heroes in healthcare during the COVID-19 crisis. Uh, very cool. So there's a link in the show notes that talks about it. So that's pretty awesome. And then he moves on to talk about podcast gear. I know you've mentioned the podcasting gear you guys use. I recollect in two plus separate past podcasts and have mentioned it is listed somewhere on your website. I think we've talked about the gear we use on like 50 shows at this yeah. point but uh, yeah i've tried looking through your site dug through past show notes blah 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 could you help direct me to this list of podcasting gear all right jason you're up again gog.show slash adorama right now we've <laughs> just got the basics up um but we're going to be putting up uh, I'm, I'm gonna put my pro kit up there as well because brian's using uh some different gear than i'm using we both have very similar microphones uh, but, i got the uh, re20 yeah you know, you got an RE27ND. I've got an oh, RE20. Okay. Go. I'm using a PreSonus Studio 192, and you are using a uh, Mix Pre6. That's right. Ver- version one, not version two. Mm-hmm. 
So, uh, yeah, and we use a bunch of software and stuff. But uh, if you want to learn more, I'm going to talk about this in a minute, but uh, I'm doing a live stream on Thursday with Chris Lockhead where it's basically an AMA on how to podcast, and all of the gear will be talked about there. So link uh, will be uh, in the show notes for that, but it's going to be Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Facebook Live. Let's tell the truth about that, though. Jason will be answering questions and Chris will be drinking. Yes. Yeah, yes, so. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, Chris is going to be pressing the button to make the little things <laughs> pop up so I can see the questions. That's how that's going to work. Right. And Neil writes in, thought you guys might like this video. GameStop is making their own hand sanitizer. And I use that term extremely loosely to be an essential business. Plus, also denial of COVID in their warehouses. Worth a watch to see what a shitty company they are. Grump long and prosper. I like that one. Me too. Yeah. So I haven't watched this video yet, but I know how shitty GameStop is already. So <laughs> Look, not not being a gamer at this point, don't most gaming platforms allow you to download videos? Why is there a physical store still even necessary for gaming? Well, the best part about it is you get deals on old ah, games. Okay, so because gotcha. you can sell like if you buy games on a disc still, which I don't know who does. Um, well, actually, Jordan Harbinger does because he's always <laughs> like, hey, I just got these for 10 bucks. I go to the go to the Microsoft store and they're like 60. So I'm like, ah, I can see that. But basically, it's just, you know, controllers and resellers and stuff ah, like that. Gotcha. But they're they're trying to stay relevant. But uh, I give them another five years because everything I've never bought a single game for my Xbox one on a disc or maybe one when I first got it, but that came with the bundle. Everything else is digital. So gotcha. I think the clock is ticking on those guys. <laughs> right. And Ben writes in, in episode 429, you mentioned and linked to a crazy legal brief with all the big names as co-defendants. This reminded me of this gem from DEFCON 17 titled that awesome time. I was sued for $2 billion. The speaker may have tons of stuff from your old BBSs. Love your show. Uh, I didn't get a chance to watch this, unfortunately, but it is on my list. Yeah, mine too. And the link will be in the show notes. And this is from It Has Been. Hi, guys. Thanks for IT helping has us. been, I believe. Oh, IT has been. <laughs> I thought he just missed. I thought he missed his caps there. I was trying to do some camel case. <laughs> Hi, guys. Thanks for helping us getting through these days. In an episode recently, Brian mentioned his COVID-19 playlist, and this spoke to me. I've been stuck with my wife in the house since 310. I feel you, we, brother. Yeah. <laughs> we'd just gotten off a cruise and were told to stay and work from home for 14 days. Thoughts of music came to mind recently. The first week of the quarantine, the wife walks in and you queue up Huey Lewis's Happy to be Stuck with You. Week three, you queue up Tom Petty's Don't Come Around Here No More. And by week six, I'm thinking Guns N' Roses. I used to love her, but I had to kill her. Ah, such is life these days. <laughs> Stay grumpy and have a beer. Uh, thank you for that. I actually don't come around here no more. I did not have on my playlist. So I added it after you sent in this uh, email. That's a great one. So <laughs> That's a great so, one. That's a great one. Yeah. yeah. Matthew writes in, hey, Grumps, a topic came up here at home. My wife's sister lives south of you. We're talking Palm Springs. Actually, that is uh, east, east of here. East. But, uh, yes. yes. I love Palm Springs. We used to, back in the, back when we used to be able to go outside, <laughs> to my to wife and I house. went there a lot. <laughs> uh, no, um, I know. I've, I've never been to Palm Springs, believe oh, it or not. Oh, dude, it's great. It's, it's a wonderful place to go. Anyways, uh, can't wait to get back there in 10 years. <laughs> uh, she is working as a nurse, and we're talking to her the other night when she said this, Corona is the doom of America, the misinformation and education levels in every man for himself society. Happy notes as usual from me. Well, we're trying to stay positive here, but I have a feeling your sister might be right. I think she might be right. Brock writes in Midland County in Texas has introduced a new system to anonymously report your condition. You just have to give the county your phone number and address. 
That's anonymous, right? Politicians <laughs> dabbling in technology is a horrible idea. And this is uh, from Midland County introduces texting tool to gauge spread of COVID-19. Well, they can put that on the shelf now because the big boys are coming to take take care of this for you. Oh, but hold on a second. Yeah, I did. I did grab a little bit from this article because they were very clever here. So this may win. The county is now using a tool called and wait for it. Chat community chat. health assessment tool. <laughs> Mm -hmm. which is being described as an innovative emergency management texting tool designed to gauge changes in the general health of the community during the COVID-19 pandemic. So PR agents made their cash there. Yep. Yeah. Cameron writes in about the whole Dr. Oz thing. I can tell you how many times my mom and grandma have quoted Dr. Oz and I always have to roll my eyes and explain why he's full of shit. He's literally promoted things that directly contradict <laughs> each other. And I'm surprised that he still has his license. And thanks for the tips on the mic setup. Also thought I'd share this with you guys. And this is a link to a tweet. And I found this one hilarious, and it's a tweet that uh, someone added the GameCube intro music to my unemployment graph, and it's significantly better now. <laughs> did you watch this one, Brian? Yeah, I did. It was very funny. Very funny. Uh, quick thing on doctors. Here's my rule of thumb. If, uh, if a doctor ever appears on or is promoted by Oprah, fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, Quibble writes in, not sure I'd call this a book, but damn, it's one that I want to put in a time cap for 10 years. And this is a, an article over at democracyjournal.com, The Pandemic and Capitalism, which is talking about a book called Capitalism on Edge, How Fighting Precarity Can Achieve Radical Change Without Crisis or Utopia by Albina Asmanov. And uh, this does look extremely interesting, but there's no fucking way in hell I'm going to read it right now. <laughs> no way, no day. <laughs> yeah. And Sissy writes in, in response to your comment about podcasts being personal media, I agree, except for your podcast. My husband and I frequently travel two hours to go have fun in New Orleans. Obviously not right now. And your podcast is the only podcast that my husband requests. You are a pick-me-up. Your grump makes him chuckle. He frequently has no idea what y'all are talking about. Most people don't. <laughs> You know, and the funny thing is we feel like we dumb this down. <laughs> so I actually get to teach him about techie stuff that you reference during your podcasts. He enjoys it, and I get to share my techie love. So we may be an exception to the rule, but it's a welcome exception in our car. Can't wait for happy hour. Yeah, we got to get back on that. Yeah, we got to figure that out. Susan writes in, hi, Grumps. I really enjoy your podcast on episode four. I think we're missing some numbers there. You mentioned Gasolina <laughs> Cafe and how they are making it easy to donate to frontline fighters of COVID-19. I own a small restaurant near a hospital in central Ohio. And one of the first things we did when this all started was donate food to some of our some of the hospital departments. We also make it easy for customers to donate lunches that we will deliver. It's so important to reach out to the people who are out there and trying to protect us and take care of us. So kudos for the shout out to support local businesses. Here's why I'm grumpy, though, and I was hoping you might bring this to everyone's attention. My dining room is closed, of course, but we still offer pickup and delivery. We are taking a lot more credit card payments over the phone. When we have to key in a credit card transaction instead of swiping or dipping it, we get charged a higher fee from Square, our credit card processor. All processors do this. Why aren't these processing companies giving small businesses a break from these higher fees during this time? Jerks. And she has a link to her uh, place, Doc's Deli in Mansfield, Ohio. Yeah, why isn't uh, Jack taking care of this for people? Because he needs the money for his, his one for his billion fund. dollar fund. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Brad writes in, I found the GOG podcast through the Jordan Harbinger show and have been a fan for a while. Jason, you are great as the sidekick, the front man and part of a duo. Well, thank you. <laughs> I, I can't believe you left this one in here, Brian. I, I, I you know, 
These are tough times, Jason. We need pick-me-ups. <laughs> pick-me-ups. <laughs> Brad goes on to write, Impressive. Your experience before the age of 40 is invaluable to the content. I went to work for NVIDIA, focusing on AI, and my new boss's first set of instructions were to subscribe to Lex Friedman's for serious information and to grumpy old geeks because, in, and in quotes, this is the most fun you will ever have learning about technology. What a great way to describe your show. Thank you. Loved the panic at the Costco recently. Well, thank you, Brad, and thank your boss for us. Uh, I don't have his name in here, but that's pretty cool that bosses at NVIDIA are mm -hmm. actually uh, pimping our show. Appreciate hey, NVIDIA, it. you could advertise with us if you wanted to. If you wanted to. Just saying. <laughs> and Mike writes in, great job, gents. I'll keep this short and sober book recommendations. A Gentleman in Moscow, Rules of Civility, both written by Amor Towles, both brilliant. Jason, audiobook narrators are excellent. Also, anything by Simon Winchester. Books are brilliant and audiobooks are narrated by the author. If you like upper class British accents with your unique brand of condescension, you'll love it. And who doesn't? I do. If I had to pick one, I'd suggest Outposts or Krakatoa. Yes, that's two. Maybe I wasn't entirely honest about the sober part. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I don't know about you, Jason. I found it very difficult to read right now. Yeah, it really yeah. is. I just finished How to Write Funny by, um, what's his nuts? The Onion Guy, Scott Dickers. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's like one of the it's it's kind of a manual on comedy. It wasn't really something I a thought book. anybody else would care about. <laughs> right. So that's why I didn't even put it in there. But uh, yeah, reading fiction or listening to fiction right now. I just I want to plop my ass on the fucking couch and watch TV and get fucked up. I mean, that really <laughs> is pretty much how life goes on right now. Yeah, so. I'm with you on that. Yeah. So Raj writes in, hello, geeks, longtime listener, first time writer. Further to episode 429, and he gives us a link to the iPad user manual <laughs> with a table of contents. Ooh. And uh, yeah, if I recall, the iPad user guide app was installed by default on the first generation of iPads. It was. I still have it my was. first generation iPad. Well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I suspect it was intended for people who'd never seen or used a tablet running iOS. That's because it was the first generation. That's why. <laughs> Which at that point was everyone outside of Apple, exactly. And Deliveroo, the heroes we deserve. Stay grumpy, stay healthy, and stay at home. Yes, yeah, when I the just iPad 1 came out, uh, there was a 100% uptick in people using iOS. <laughs> On iPads, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this is... Uh, I, I looked through it. There's actually good stuff in here. I put it on my iPad like they should have done in yes, the first place. It should be there. It should be on the homepage when you first unwrap your iPad. Yeah, and I put it on. I did put it on the homepage of my roommate's iPad because this is her first iPad. I got her iPad four like about like nine months, maybe a year ago, mm -hmm. and she barely uses it for anything. So it's like because she doesn't know how to use it because there's no fucking manual. So I put the manual on there, and hopefully she will read it and we'll get to that. <laughs> All right, Matt writes in. This is a bit of a long one, but I think there's still some good information in here that we've discussed, and it's nice to beat it home again. So. I'll go ahead and read it. And this is also the second major company, uh, entire company that seems to be listening to us. So, you know, awesome. advertising is, uh, is, is allowed. Matt says, you guys get major kudos from my entire company after I suggested your pointers for teleworking. I essentially forwarded your notes to the CEO, and in turn, he basically made it the company's standard. We're a contract logistics support provider for an Air Force tactical weather system. Okay, maybe they won't be advertising us with us for that but and we also assist small businesses with cybersecurity compliance we're not looking to get free advertisements so you don't need to use our name but uh okay based on your suggestions we have a set schedule of duty hours in our home from 7 a.m to 3 p.m 
Those are wise hours. I like that. And we have a daily meeting on Microsoft Teams at 8 a.m. every day. Throughout the day, we restrict all communications to Teams. As it was clear, texting and phone calls were getting very cumbersome. To be honest, I've been more productive over the last three weeks on a day-to-day basis than I was working out of the office every day. I think it has to do with the lack of distractions at home compared to the office. Well, that's your home. Come to mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at the office, I'm too easily distracted by random banter and general office shenanigans. We're a politically balanced group. Therefore, political discussions always leads to a debate that can last for an hour or more. At home, my wife and two t- teenage kids homeschool all day and are typically fully engaged online or with the curriculum that my wife has put together for the day. To clarify, we've homeschooled for 10 years, so this recent change was insignificant for us in that regard. I'm also going with Jason's advice on having something familiar on TV while I'm working. Currently, I'm going through MASH on Hulu. One of the only reasons, except for uh, Parasite, to ever load up Hulu. My next favorite sitcom of all times was Scrubs. Recently, Zach Braff and Donald Faison have put out a weekly podcast going through one episode at a time. If you're into Scrubs, I highly recommend checking it out. Keep up the great work. Stay healthy and stay grumpy. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Matt. And I I had another uh, movie to add to the list of good background movies. I watched The Peacemaker again the other night. I've seen Mm. that movie like a hundred times. It was a great (laughs) movie. The first out of DreamWorks, actually, directed by Mimi Letter. It was uh, controversial for that because it was an action movie directed by a woman from a new studio. But (laughs) I like it. I like it a lot. There's a lot of mansplaining in there that George Clooney does to Nicole Kidman. So (laughs) that part didn't age well. Right. But it's still a great movie. And Lawrence writes in, I got to thinking about what I could do to help during this crisis, and it dawned on me that I could give away my Field Guide to Dragons ebook to help parents entertain their kids or themselves. No strings, no account to create or email to enter. Just download and share. Well, thank you, Lawrence. We've got a, a link to that in the show notes. And Lawrence Lee has been a fan for of us for a long time. Yes, so, we've been so. reading uh, feedback from him for years now. So thank you, yes. Lawrence. And thanks for yeah. that. I'm going to check that out with my kid. Uh, Jonathan writes in, the NBA streams a few classic games a night on Twitch. That would require me to figure out Twitch. I don't want sports that badly. <laughs> <laughs> it's not hard. It really know, isn't hard. You open. Go to a website. <laughs> and Matthias writes in, you talked about Black Sky's weather app. I'm using Carrot Weather because you can set it to insult you every time you want to know the weather. The forecast is very good, better than many other apps, even down to hourly forecasts, and the comments are very spot on and not feeling old. I love the feeling that the more often I open the app, someone has to get a new insult. <laughs> Go get it. I even pay for it. Yeah, I pay for a weather app. You're one fan from Sweden. Well, thank you, Matthias. Uh, I used to use the Carrot app, and I paid for it too, but uh, <laughs> I just like Dark Skies better. I thought it was prettier. Yeah. Krusty Dog writes in, companies that inserted mandatory arbitration terms in their business and employment agreements to avoid class action lawsuits, Epic was the U.S. Supreme Court test case for employers, are subverting the process they created after being overwhelmed with mass arbitration claims. Big companies, which assume that people wouldn't bother filing claims, are now refusing to pay the arbitration costs that they themselves specified. One law firm filed 6,000 arbitration claims on behalf of independently contracted delivery drivers for DoorDash, which balked at paying the $9 million in arbitration fees and then rewrote its terms to require using a particular arbitrator whose rates were lower. An unsympathetic federal judge ordered the company to pay the fees, saying, your law firm and all the defense law firms have tried for 30 years to keep plaintiffs out of court. And so finally, if someone says, okay, we'll take you to arbitration, and suddenly it's not in your interest anymore. Now you're wiggling around trying to find some way to squirm out of your agreement. There is a lot of poetic justice here. Well done. Well done, judge. Screw those guys. 
we actually covered this a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, it was it's fun to hear again because the the, the line from the judge is always worth worth another playthrough for sure. <laughs> Ralph writes in, hi, geeks. I don't know if this is real or just clickbait. If real, why would a device that requires a fingerprint also require video recognition <laughs> of your butthole and crotch? Maybe you should ask Dave since it's a security feature. Stay well, stay home, stay grumpy. And this is a link to Mashable. The toilet recognizes your butthole and uploads photos to the cloud. <laughs> now, I went to this page and I, I looked at it and it, it is real. It's, it's not a joke, but I had a harder time copying and pasting any text. It launched a thousand pop-ups for me. Weird, though. That's weird. Yeah, I just yeah. I went in and since you said you couldn't do it, I'm like, well, challenge accepted. <laughs> so I went in, copied it, pasted it. No problem at all. There you go. So, yeah, they're using your butthole as a as a fingerprint scan. <laughs> <laughs> and then puts it in the cloud. So if you want your butthole in the cloud, go check this out. Show title. <laughs> and over at iTunes, we have a five star rating from Masilla Epoxy in Spain, your biweekly dose of tech reality. Listening to Jason and Brian should be a required assignment in every computer science course. Few things are more dangerous today than a bunch of optimist engineers led by billionaire psychos wearing hoodies. So for humanity's sake, stop being a naive young bro and start listening, chump. P.S. And stop wearing your hoodies past your 30s, folks. You all look like child rapists. Good thing there's not a camera on right now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm keeping my hoodie and my cargo shorts. Right. <laughs> And Kajetank from Sweden writes in, five stars, great show. It took me a couple episodes to start liking the show, but it's now a favorite. Keep safe and be grumpy. Well, thank you. Thank you thank very much. You. So this would be our second fan from Sweden. Sorry, Matthias. You have uh, you have competition <laughs> now. Yeah. If you want your question or comment read on the show, head over to GOG.show slash contact and send us your feedback or questions we can read on the air. And if you're so inclined, please head over to GOG.show slash iTunes and toss us a five star and snarky review. And keep clicking those stars in Overcast. We were in a Joe Rogan, Tim Ferriss sandwich the other day. So, yeah, I know. It's kind of kind of, kind of creepy. But uh, yeah, keep us in the top there. We love it. We love it. Gives us a little exposure that uh, makes us feel good. It really does. Not that child rapey type exposure. No, 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 no. Yeah. Not at all. Okay. We're back again with Seth Miranda from Adorama. And uh, welcome back. I, I I always get confused. I'm like, is it Adorama? 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 I'm more than Adorama. I'm more than Adorama. Damn it. <laughs> Last oh, X witness on all of the socials and a professional, <laughs> a professional photographer. Hey, man, I am, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, uh, and now I'm like turning into like the guy of streaming apparently because uh, I guess no one made a clean looking stream on Twitch until now. I don't know what's going on, but everybody's asking me how to do it or how to make their Zoom calls look more clean and stuff. <laughs> don't use Zoom. There's your there's your tip right there. Zoom's God, awesome. Zoom. People no, it's I not. like Zoom. Yeah, it's all, I like it. Uh, I'm an audio guy. Zoom has the worst audio on the market. All right. Well, I think the interface is clean and you know, I've been I, I think I've used everything there possibly is in this crazy uh overnight turn over to working at home what about uh, blue jeans have you tried blue so jeans? i haven't used blue jeans i heard you guys talk about it on the last show and i was like oh there's another one i didn't hear about but the uh they had me use um microsoft teams i'm sorry yeah i i gotta say like there's nothing in that whole interface that's appealing to me it's so <laughs> it's, not it's so ugly. like it's so old like i feel like i belong it's 97 it, yeah i don't get it and Microsoft has always been about the office and stuff like that, and I get it. But at least give me a dark mode or a dark theme 
Like, I can't oh, God, stand no. all these white windows. Dude, they got 8-bit icons. Come on. What do you want? Oh, that's, yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I'm just keep thinking about my eye strain because, you know, yeah. YouTube has dark mode now. Twitch has dark mode. Zoom is dark. Everything is dark. Then I go to Microsoft Teams and my retinas are melting out of my skull. And I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> but, you know, Microsoft Teams is a free add-on. So you technically get what you pay for. Well, I get it because everyone's using Outlook, I guess, for mail, for everything. I haven't used Outlook in 15 years. Every company that I go to deal with is using some form of Outlook. So I think they just were like, hey, your entire company's Rolodex is now slammed right into uh, a, a web co- uh, video conferencing service, pretty much. Yeah. But uh, I, I have to say, I took a lot of tips from your live stream videos. Oh, and you, I did uh, I did a conference, a virtual podcast conference, not too long ago. And everybody commented on how good my, my video stream looked. So boop, boop. the content was shit because I was talking, <laughs> but the video looked great. You use your Panasonics? Yeah, my G7. I did my G7 through my uh mage something or other uh mm. magewell magewell us or Ma- usb magwell, to hdmi right? oh magwell magwell yeah so that's um, like a higher end elgato they're like 300 400 to start so yeah it was 330 <laughs> bucks i was just like 330 bucks there's so much other stuff i could have got but it was, i needed it then and it was simple because so many of these others like my black magic didn't work for a webcam and so i got the the magwell and it was it, it was perfect uh, here's here's what it is Plug in the HDMI, plug in my my Rode Go wireless setup into the camera, and that just streams right into the system. And it's like, boom, done. It's like, it was worth the extra money for the lack of hassle. That's what yeah. it was perfect for. And, and it's built like legit. Everything that you're buying that's kind of uh, cost-effective, plastic housings can't, you know, if it's mm-hmm. humid out, I don't even want to know what's going to happen. You know, like it's, it's um, you're paying for it for a reason. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, this is tooled aluminum. I mean, it's yeah. it's a nice little box, and it's tiny, it's light. And it it, yeah, it literally just does exactly what it needs to do. And I've had this camera on with that plugged into it, into my new Mac Mini for seven hours, and nothing's overheated. Everything is nice and cool on the camera and on the the interface. It's, it's just perfect. It's great. I, I love my little setup. I, I think people somehow thought that you take any camera – and plug a USB or an HDMI into an old HDMI port that exists, and somehow it becomes a webcam. And then when I started telling people, like, no, you need something to tell the computer or encode the video to be captured, they're like, what? I have to buy something? And then it turned into this, like, crazy rush to buy anything streaming, and everyone's out of stock of everything. Yeah, except for these, because they're so expensive, nobody wants to buy them. I'll just wait. (laughs) I'll wait till they come back in stock, you know? I, it still bugs me that I can't use my my Nikon D810 as a webcam because that with the ten and a half um, ten and a half millimeter lens on it, which because it's an old DX lens, but you know, you know, reformats to a sixteen looks great as a webcam when it's right there on the desk. It is so cool looking. Did you update the firmware? Yeah, I did, but it still it still shuts off at half an hour, even in live mode. It just shuts off. The runtime is a half hour. You're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to put it in live mode and then it, then it streams out through the, you know, the HDMI port and then comes into the computer and then it still just shuts off after half an hour. And I'm just like, Oh man. Oh, that's crazy. I, th- I knew the record time was 29 minutes, but I didn't know that the runtime was, uh, yeah. I wonder what that's about. I don't know. Yeah. The live stream shuts off. Uh, I guess they've figured that out. I, 
I don't know. I don't know, but well, it doesn't work because I would much rather have used that one over the G7s. But now that I've got the G7s going, they're they're great. I just wish I could do multiple cameras into my system, but I guess you, you have to buy a switcher for that one, you know? So you have to have like multiple HDMIs in. You can do it. Uh, you can totally do it with OBS as a switcher system if you wanted. Um, you could also do it with an Atomos recorder, which is a little pricey and kind of not what it's really meant for, but you can put all your inputs into it and then touch screen it to whatever feed you want to send out of it before it goes into your computer. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. That would, that would really be nice. Cause yeah, I would just like some kind of, you know, just easy box that I, that's really what I wanted. Just, I just wanted an interface to have, cause I've got three, you know, cameras, three good cameras. And so to be able to switch. So if I'm doing, you know, a, a shoot in my studio with uh, two people or three people would be able to just do switch cameras on the fly for live streaming. That would have been really nice. I uh, look at the, um, yeah, you should look at the Atomos recorders. They're meant for like being on top of a camera as like a larger screen with high output recordings into it and stuff like that. But it can actually take in multiple feeds. It gives you like four, I think, and you can just touch to which one you want to go and send out before it goes into your computer. So that's an, oops, sorry, I got my alarm. Uh, so that's an option if you want to go for that. So, well, that's cool. I'll give that a shot. There's another, there's a, there are a couple other ones out that I'm going to throw in the show notes too. And I'll eventually have those all at GOG.show slash Adorama. Uh, <laughs> cause I'm, I'm basically just putting all the different things that I find here for streaming now that, uh, everybody wants because everybody wants to do streaming now and they want to, they want to look good. I'm like, okay, wear pants. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think uh, people were like, oh, uh, the onboard camera on my Mac or whatever sucks. But usually it's because the lighting they're in is too contrasty, and that's why it looks so bad. Uh, you need to find flatter light. Or if you get a, if you want a really cheap option, you can just get a C920 Plus, not this regular C920, Logitech C920 Plus that actually reads the light in the room and adjusts the exposure on the camera. That's like $80. Oh, that's not bad at all. That's not bad yeah. at all. It was like the go-to camera for Twitch for like uh, the last eight years, I think. <laughs> wow. Does it, I mean, does it at least do 1080p? Uh, actually, the Plus does do 1080, I think. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a Brio, a Logitech Brio, and I've got one of the 1080p Logitechs. And it, the funny thing is the Brio, even on my biggest, beefiest machine, lags everywhere. Really? E even if I got it knocked down to 1080p, there's something with the signal going in. It's so strange. I have not been able to get that thing to do real time without like, you know, like even like it's like a quarter second delay. I'm like, what the hell, man? It's a 4K video camera. It looks beautiful. And when you use the camera settings app, you can like, you know, get it really nice and modified. So you look really good. But uh, yeah, it's just it's laggy. It's super it, laggy. What's the software you're using with it, though? It's called camera settings. It comes from Logitech. It's it lets you adjust, you know, focus, uh, it, whether what the angle of the lens is, uh, whether it's like narrow, wide, or fisheye. Uh, if you want to do HDR or not, which I never do because HDR is the devil, and yeah. uh, all these other different settings on it. And uh, yeah, it's just it's just weird. I don't know if it's just if it's trying to pump 4K all the time and has to transcode on the fly. Oh, uh, downsampling. You know, yeah. Mm. Uh, maybe. I mean, nothing is streaming right now in 4K. YouTube, Twitch, nothing is streaming 4K, at least not yet. So you don't need to go all out. No, 1080p is great. I mean, that yeah. should be the de facto standard, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I've got 4K cameras just because if I want to like make a video and record it, 
for something else. It's not just, you know, plugging it in as a webcam. I want to have that option. And that's why I like the G7s because they've got that. They're micro four thirds. So they're light, they're small, they're, they're relatively cheap. They were like, mm -hmm. you know, the kit was like less than $600 per camera. Yeah. So it works out great. And the, if you get an adapter to plug them in, they're great. So like another 25 bucks to be able to just plug them in and run them all day. But even if you don't have that, the battery life on these things is two hours and 20 minutes shooting constantly at 4k. It's crazy. Yeah, it's cr Well, so I use the Nikon Z6 and that's full frame, but the battery got me four hours of streaming time, which was like on a full Holy frame sensor. Crap. Yeah, dude, it was wow. bananas. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that it happened. And the other thing I started using was uh, Tether Tools makes this thing called a case relay. So it's a USB to, to an AC adapter, right? But in the middle of the cable is a pretty high uh, milliamp um, rechargeable battery that relays the power down the line to a dummy battery that can, you can swap in and out for whatever brand you have. But the inline battery, I forgot to plug it in. I still got 45 minutes out of that battery. Wow. That's pretty, so, that's actually a pretty cool piece of kit. Yeah. I, I'm really into it. And it's one of those things that no matter what camera you have, so you can just get the different modules. So if you use Fuji or Panasonic, or whatever, you don't have to keep buying a different whole adapter. That's $200. You can just buy the battery module, the dummy battery for like, you know, 30 bucks maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's the same thing I had to do with this. It's like, okay, you get the little, you get the plug-in thing that you just plug into basically like a universal cable with the system mm -hmm. that I got. So yeah, I could theoretically get one for my Nikon too and just plug it in and use the same cables, which is yeah. pretty cool. And I've got, I, I have a bunch of lights that I set up for like having live recordings. So I, I, I took one off the ceiling because they were all mounted and set up for my two studio chairs with my microphones for when people came over so they could just sit down and turn on the lights, turn on the cameras and go. But doing live stream, I had to set up a new desk and I've got these small little uh, – now, here's a question and it's always driven me crazy. N-E-E-W-E-R, newer or newer? You know what? Uh, I, everyone just says newer. So Newer, okay. Yeah. That's, that's what I go with. I got that. Yeah. So I've got I've got four newer panels in my in my room. So I use two of them when I'm doing live streaming. One is a a main light, and one is just kind of like a separation light. Mm. And I've got I'm setting up another one today because I went out and bought a bunch of colored gels because I love how your background looks. <laughs> so oh, thank you. I'm gonna I'm gonna play around with colors in the background on mine for sure. You can get away with the pack of gels like I do it, or you can just buy an RGBW light that's kind of small and just dial in whatever colors you want or even have it cycle through colors or flash like it's lightning out or something. Those are <laughs> totally readily available and they're getting cheaper and cheaper. I think Aperture makes one that's like pretty affordable. An LED panel you might want to look at that I think is really interesting is Savage makes one and it's not only AC power, but it takes two Sony batteries on the back. So if you want it to go film somewhere, you can. And it comes with the batteries and charger. Oh, that's cool. Because, yeah, my newers actually do have the, the double battery packs on the back. You can plug those in. And I've got those for my remote LED setups. So I can just take those and plug them in and go. But, uh, yeah, that, that's a really nice feature. You have to kind of have that if you want to take them out of the house. Because you don't want to be running cables everywhere you go. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a small aperture uh, light. It's probably, it, see, it sounds like it's too small, but it would actually work for a separation light. It's about four inches by two and a half inches. You're talking about a hundred bucks. 
that'll okay. just cycle through colors and do weird flashing and all sorts of weird stuff. So uh, Aperture is one of these companies that went out and said, we want to support indie uh, productions. So they made the best lights they could for the lowest cost they could. And they've kind of been dominating out there because of all the people that are using mirrorless cameras for filming, you know, the, the mid-range people, not like, yeah. you know, not, not cinema guys. Right. Yeah. So um, the nice thing about my gels where they cost $14 and I got 13 different colors. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Like, no, it's I'm awesome. Gonna, I'm going with that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I just put two together. I tape two of them together and I make like a split color background and I change the color based on what I'm doing. Cause if I record in the same background every day for everything I'm doing, you can't differentiate the thumbnails. You can't differentiate the streams. So it's like, if I'm doing something for Adorama, it's blue. If I'm on Twitch, um, dude, bicolored weirdness. If I'm doing something for some, if I'm like, when I talk to somebody that's, uh, doing a podcast with me, if they're, you know, um, sponsored by something or like Vanessa joy, who's an amazing photographer, she, her colors are teal and pink. That's what my background was, you know? So, you know, what's funny. I totally noticed that. I completely <laughs> noticed that. I'm like, cause I watch it like one day it's red and blue and the next day it's purple. I'm like, okay, this must be different, different use cases. And I totally, I totally picked up on that. And I, you know, I just noticed that I'm like, that's, that's really cool that you're doing, you're changing it up for different things. And I want to kind of have that in the back too. So like, you know, if it's a late night one, it's just fuck it red. We're just doing yeah. red, you know, yeah. but during the day for a corporate thing, we'll do blue. Who knows? You oh, know? I, I streamed doom on my own channel just out of nowhere. And I put orange and green, the doom colors together. And everyone's like, oh, that's so cool. The original doom. I'm like, the fact that you even spotted that was ridiculous, but thank you so much. You know, so. yeah. <laughs> No, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah, subtleties, man. That's what makes a professional a professional. You have to have those subtleties. Well, I also think it can. it's easy for content to get boring, right? So every time I see yeah. some people that are like influencers or streamers, they have the same background and I'm like, okay, which video is this one? But I think it helps people find those stuff they're trying to refer back to, reference points, any little thing that can get you an edge to get someone to click and stay there with you or even engage and go like, oh, that's my favorite color. That one comment just gave you another point on an algorithm for people to discover your content and thus making it more worthwhile for you. Yeah, that is, you know, just as a consumer, it's interesting. It's more interesting because mm. I've, I've noticed that, you know, since everybody on the planet is doing their broadcast from home, you know, everybody from CNN to every, everywhere else. I spend a lot of time looking in the background to see what their life is like. You know, I'm like looking at the stuff on the shelves. I'm just trying to figure out what's going on in their life because it humanizes everybody. Uh, absolutely. I think uh, what people need to realize is, so let's take Twitch, for example. That's a platform. But the problem with it is it's not discoverable, right? So what you have to do is go on other platforms like YouTube and draw people from the audience you build there into your Twitch. The Twitch does not, uh, your Twitch, I should say, doesn't grow because you're streaming. It grows because you led people there. And the reason they're going to you is because they want to hang out with you while you're live. And if they're not seeing you in your space and you don't give your personality, like if you look at my background, anything I do, it's all my own prints, like analog from the dark room framed up in my background. It's not a bunch of like movie posters or whatever, but if you're into movies, maybe you do that. Or maybe you put up a bunch of anime books on a bookshelf. Like you have to give people a real, a, um, an idea of who they're dealing with so that they want to stick around and it's virtual friendship basically yeah i mean i've got a bookshelf behind me and my gear rack uh also behind me that's too. so on my on my bookshelf i can change things out 
you know i've got i've got yep. different gear up there i got like my old gray lab timer i've got a signed doll from american gladiators from my friend dan <laughs> that gave it to me i got a nikon f3 and f4 and Ooh. uh this the, i've got uh, a basically uh, a friend and a fan of the show basically made me a 3d printed mjolnir for grumpy old geeks that i saw that up as well i saw yeah. that like years ago i saw that yeah, I've had that forever, so that's uh, that's up there too. But I moved things around. Like I just added my my rock band guitar that I used to use. <laughs> I, I, I was I was in I was uh, I, I keep forgetting the number. I was number two hundred and seventy something in the world for expert guitar on rock band, and I used that guitar to do it. Now it's out of millions of people. I was that goddamn good, so I'm proud of that guitar. So I just move things around, and, and you know so what? Funny. People notice that stuff. Well, they also like, so I have some people that send me stuff. Like sometimes people get a print made and they want it. And then we trade prints. So I'll put it up in the background and they'll be like, oh, my prints there. Like it's almost like them getting a guest appearance almost. It's, it's really interesting. Exactly. I think people really need to make, you know, just pay attention to those kind of things when you're doing th stuff like that. Just to, you know, bring people in and change it up and don't have it be your China cabinet behind you. I mean, granted, nobody that we know in our, that's our age has a China <laughs> cabinet, but if you're streaming from your mom's house, she may have a China cabinet and that's the only room that you can go in. Hang something over it and do something fun, you know? Can I give a quick shout out? Of course you can. Okay. Well, so on Adorama's Twitch page, we actually had a Tekken tournament and we raised $1,300 for first responders fighting COVID here in New York. So I just wanted to give a shout out to Team Spooky and everybody that participated in the Tekken tournament and uh, Shadow who won and everybody who donated. You're beyond generous and I'm, I'm so proud of our little community. It's not the most amount of money, but $1,300 is a lot of gloves and masks if you break it down. Well, it's 1300 bucks is 1300 bucks. I'm sorry. That's not jump change. You know? Yeah. No, nah, no. Nah, I'm just so proud of it. I mean, we just hung out and had a fighting tournament and the winner won a laptop from Gigabyte. So shout out nice. to Gigabyte for donating that to us. So yeah, I I'm so psyched. And it just goes to show you that even if you're home and isolated, there's a world going on out there and you can connect. Just get your stuff together and go connect. I mean, you just log into a website and you're in a chat room. Yep. Totally. I actually, uh, my friend Jordan Harbinger sent me a dual giant joystick system that I'm going to, uh, I basically, I, I want to start playing MK11 and oh, I'm totally going to play you. Oh yeah. I mean, you, you know, my history with MK, so we're, we're going to have some fun. That's for <laughs> sure. I mean, who do you play as, uh, everybody. I mean, oh, they, really? Well, I started with MK1, but when it got to MK2, I worked at an arcade and I played for 12 hours a day. Then I got a yeah. job at Midway and I got to play with the guys who made the game. Oh, and, that's dope. And uh, my friend Mike, ended up, MXV, friend of the show, ended up staying at Midway and got an entire career in uh, video games. But he was the master. So I learned from the master. We had one day where he would just, he sat there, he beat 230 people in a row that came into the game that came in. He's like, his tagline is don't jump at me. That's, <laughs> that's really, that's, you just don't that's jump crazy. at me. Uh, yeah. Mortal Kombat 2 was the one that completely changed everything, but yep. Mortal Kombat 11 is totally different feeling than any other Mortal Kombat. Looks good. Looks really good. Yeah, I've been playing as Noob Saibot. That's like my guy right now. Uh, they yep. changed Scorpion a lot, so it feels really weird. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, and I really want to try Spawn. I mean, he's the last DLC character. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, I used to have a, a cabinet in my house. I had an MK, a mint MK3 cabinet from one of the guys that worked on MK3 because you get to buy those when you work when you work on the game. That's so dope. 
And then my friend Mike came over and he he built a dual switching system. So I had an MK2 board and an MK3 board what? in the same machine. So I could just switch it and it would it would switch games. I, <laughs> it was awesome. I, I want that. I want that. <laughs> uh, well, 15 years ago, you could have bought it because I sold it for like 500 bucks. <laughs> $500? That's all that was? Yeah. And, and I still made money on it. So I think I bought it for 300 and the board was like 35 bucks. <laughs> Adoram actually sells a mini arcade, standing arcade from One Up, and it's a Mortal Kombat. Nice. Yeah, it's this new company. Have you even heard of them, One Up? Yeah, yeah, they make the little, uh, the like the. It's basically like a three quarter size. Yeah, it's it's oddly, sh yeah. I guess three quarters the way I would put it too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so bad totally for your back, awesome. but fun for your nostalgia. <laughs> it's you know, it's a nice thing to put in the corner. It doesn't take up that much room in your space, but I'm sure. Uh, you definitely want to put a chair there because it's a little short. But there—I mean, it's just cool. I mean, come on. Yeah, I think I think if I had to do it again, I'd just right now I would go get a Mame cabinet and just load it up, load oh, it up. Yeah, I guess we're spoiled now. You can just like load up any drive. You can have like all the Super Nintendo games in the world on a flash drive now. So it's like nuts. Yeah, yeah. But I will hit you up as soon as I get this thing. Uh, wired up because i gotta get my gaming pcs set up and or bring my xbox out to the studio but i'm definitely definitely ready to go because we got nothing else to do so <laughs> why not play some games man and i'm tired of playing like you know the the thing that kills me i'm playing first person shooters with the, you know the little xbox controller drives me crazy i come from uh basically quake 3 that was mm -hmm. my first person shooter i was in a bunch of clans i was like semi-pro i would Jeez. play on a 48 hour weekend, when I got home from work, I would play for 30 hours and Quake 3 Arena, dude, you, you give me a rail gun, you're fucking dead. So I oh, come Jesus from that, God. but I am used to having a keyboard and a mouse. So playing these little things with my thumbs drives me crazy. I can't use keyboard and mouse. I can't get coordinated. I can't get my fingers to remember what oh. key did what. And I'm, I can't do it. I know there's like a learning curve and I could probably get over it, but I'm so tuned into the habits of a controller. I'm playing Doom right now on a controller and, and people are like, are you crazy? I'm like, I don't, this is totally fine for me. Uh, and you would totally love the new Doom. It is bananas. It's on my list. It is on my list. That's for <laughs> damn sure. Well, but I will yeah, totally I see just... you out there on Mortal Kombat. Yeah, that and uh, yeah, I mean, just just to get back to the keyboard thing, there there was a there was a bug in the physics in Quake Three, and you could do what's called strafe jumping. I spent a week learning how to do this. I'm watching I'm watching video like bootleg videos from the best guys in the world trying to figure this math out because it was <laughs> like a like like a one eighth of a second window where you could hit up and to the left in the, in the space bar at the same time, and you could jump twice as far as everybody else. What? And I'm like, yeah, it's called strafe jumping. You can look it up on, on old folksopedia. <laughs> and it was just one of those things that competitive players did. And I miss things like that that you can't do with just using your thumbs. It's like, oh. See, when I played, I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was Quake, that you used the rocket launcher for an extra boost when you jumped. Rocket jump. Yep. That was a rocket jump. Yeah, you jump, and then it, it, right at the apex of your jump, you shoot the rocket. Oh, rocket jumping is the best. And that's why they made Rocket Arena because that was everybody loved rocket jumping and they made this entire uh multiplayer add-on called Rocket Arena and it was the best. I lived in that for like 3 years. I I can go back and play that right now and I can walk you through every single map. I know I, that is 
in my DNA. So if I ever have a kid, he's going to be the best at Quake 3. I'm telling you. Oh, Jesus Christ. Hey, you might have a kid out there. You don't know. Maybe he's beating you in Quake right now. You know. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. It's good talking. Stay safe out there. Yeah, you too. Keep, uh, keep it safe and healthy. Big thank you to Seth Miranda for stepping in a little bit this week and uh, talking shop with us. Always welcome to to have Seth on. Much fun. And uh, like I mentioned before, I'm doing this live stream with Chris Lockhead on Thursday at 6 p.m. on Facebook Live. Link to that will be in the show notes. I'm not going to have it till right up until 6 p.m. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to set up jpd.me slash live. So if you go there, uh, that will redirect you when the live stream starts. There you go. You should probably just put it at GOG.show slash live too. That's where uh, the problem there is. That's where our thing's going to go if we ever do oh, our, right. okay. our thing. Yes, so. we should do that. Until next time, I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. Support the show and keep us on the air. Go to GOG.show slash donate. Toss us a few bucks and we'll love you forever. Your support really keeps us going and we really do appreciate it. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 431. From there, you can find links to old episodes, leave feedback, ask questions, donate to the show, and get links to stuff we like. Stay grumpy, stay home, stay safe, go get a beer. <laughs>